Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today, the gospel reading, the parable of the great banquet that we heard just a moment ago from Luke 14, especially these words. But Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, generation after generation, time marches on. Generation after generation, the excuses mount up. Generation after generation, people die. Generations pass away. And the falling away from God and his church accelerates. It's what God's word teaches us. What happened? The banquet hasn't changed. The banquet meal of the forgiveness of sins, full and free, has been constant throughout the ages. The banquet meal of eternal life the banquet meal of Christ's body and blood, the banquet meal of salvation has not changed. Has not changed one bit. The banquet meal that Christ offers is the food and drink of eternal life. People that are hungry eat and drink at this great meal, this great banquet. Reminds us of Mary's great song in the Magnificat. He has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich, he has sent empty away. We're not talking about class warfare here. We're talking about those who are spiritually hungry, spiritually poor, spiritually rich. Only hungry people are willing to eat. Pretty simple fact of life, isn't it? When you're not hungry, when you have no appetite, you turn up your nose at food. No, I'll pass. I'm not hungry. We live in America, the greatest land probably that history has ever known. Americans and Western culture in general we are a very practical people. We want to know what works. We want things to be pragmatic. 
We want to know what's in it for me. We want to see immediate results. We are not patient. We are practical. We want what we want and we want it now. We want things to work. In the language of today, we are only concerned about things that are truly essential. So, is it an essential service or not? And when things don't live up to our practical expectations, we complain, we boycott, we make excuses. Martin Luther once said, hunger is the best cook. Think about that. Hunger is the best cook. If you're not hungry, you cannot enjoy the food that is placed before you. And if you are hungry, the food tastes good. So, people today, are you hungry? Are you hungry for the great banquet that the Lord has prepared? You know, it was roughly 35 years ago today that I preached my first sermon ever. St. Paul Lutheran Church, West Point, Nebraska. 35 years. It's amazing to think back over those three and a half decades, especially with regard to things that have happened in the church. Now, I don't think I'm directly responsible for it, but over those last 35 years, church attendance in America is roughly 50% of what it was. Can you imagine that? 50%. What happened? Why did it happen? Where did people go? And over those years, people have tried everything they can possibly think of to try to woo people back into church. Gimmick after gimmick. Well, we better change. We better change the architecture. We better change the music. We better change what the pastors wear. We better change all these churchly decorations. We better change the music. We better change the liturgy. We better change, oh, let's have a coffee shop. Let's have a band. Let's have big screens. Gimmick after gimmick after gimmick. And you know what? Doesn't work. Oh, it might work for a little while, but then it's right back to the same old lack of hunger. 
You want to know why it doesn't work? People have not left church because they didn't like the style of what was going on. People left the church because they didn't like the substance of what was going on. They didn't want what the church, Christ through the church, had to give. Bottom line, people aren't hungry. People are not hungry. They're not hungry for what God gives in and through the church. There's nothing new here. If you honestly look at the history of time, you will see that there is absolutely nothing new here. The people today, the people of our country, the people of our culture, the people in America are basically no different than the people that Jesus was telling the parable to in our text. Jesus was teaching people who were spiritually full, full of themselves spiritually self-satisfied. They had no need for what Jesus was teaching. They had no need for what Jesus was offering. Repent. Believe the good news. The kingdom of God is among you. They couldn't care less. They had filled themselves up with rules, trying to make themselves pleasing and acceptable to God, and they thought they had achieved it. They had no use for the words of Jesus. They had no use for a suffering servant who would bring a blood sacrifice for sins. Jesus wasn't bringing anything new. Jesus was bringing the fulfillment of what God had promised from the very beginning. The promise to Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to all the prophets and patriarchs, up until the time of Jesus and from Jesus on. The message has always been the same. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The sacrificial system pointed forward to the one who would come and shed his blood. Jesus, his once and for all blood sacrifice on Calvary's cross. He would suffer. He would die. He would rise from the dead. He would offer this gift, this great banquet full and free. This is the message from the beginning and it is the message that goes on today. I can't tell you how many times I have heard over the last three or four months we are living in unprecedented times. Come on. 
You don't have to be much of a student of history to realize that we are not living in unprecedented times. Of course, most of us alive have never seen any of the crazy stuff that has happened in the last three or four months. It's wild, it's crazy, it's bizarre, but it is not unprecedented. Think about that. From the very beginning, there have been wars and rumors of wars. There have been droughts and earthquakes and famines and floods. From the very beginning, there have been plagues where 98% of the people die, not 98% of the people live. Throughout the times, there have been political unrest and riots in the street. There have been pandemics and epidemics, hatred. My friends, there's nothing new under the sun. Sin is real. Sin permeates our world and permeates every aspect of our life. And there are times when the situations in the world, the situations in our lives, the situations in our communities, our families, wake us up to the reality that sin is real. But you know what else is real? The message that has gone forth since the beginning of time. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no peace. Without the shedding of blood, there is no true worship. Without the shedding of blood, there is no fellowship with our Father in heaven. God's invitation for you to the great banquet is right here, right now, today. God offers to you the most precious gift in the world. Jesus, crucified and risen for forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus offers here, right now, the most precious words in history. My son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven. Not because of what you do, but because of what Christ has done for you. You are invited to the most precious meal the world has ever known. The medicine of immortality. The very body and blood of Jesus Christ crucified and risen for you. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. The great banquet is precious to everyone who is hungry. Jesus teaches us in our parable that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, more precious, more important than this banquet, the gospel of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. But we're a practical people, aren't we? I just bought a field. I have to go check it out. 
I've got five yoke of oxen. I've got to see if they work. Hey, I just got married. Got to take care of things on the home front. You notice how polite the people in the parable are? Oh, please, maybe I'd be excused. They're so polite as they make their excuses. My friends, there will always be fields to examine, oxens to give a test drive to, family matters to attend to. God's word teaches us today that there is nothing, nothing in this life that is more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are some that will tell you, you need to find balance. You need to find balance. Balance between what goes on in church and what goes on in work and what goes on in family and what, my friends, that kind of balance is a lie. An absolute lie. Jesus does not say, seek first your work, your investment portfolio, your house, and your family matters, and also God. No. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you as well. God has a lot to say about all of these other things that will be added to us. All of our stuff, our property is gift, pure gift from God. God gives us our ability to think and reason and work. And he places us in various vocations and he blesses it. God places us in families and he calls us to be faithful to our spouse, to be faithful to our children. Fathers, on Father's Day, bring your kids to church. And you know what? As God teaches all these things about life in general, the practical matters, an amazing thing happens. When we seek first the kingdom of God, our work goes better, our family goes better, our stuff, our property, our possessions are placed in the proper perspective. You wanna know why people don't go to church? If I didn't have your attention before, I bet I do now. You really wanna know? You really wanna know why people don't go to church? It's pretty simple. People cannot see themselves for who they really are. The invitation goes out. The people who are invited aren't hungry. They're too busy. They make excuses. Do you notice? Do you notice who gets invited next? The poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. 
People who don't think they're worthy to be invited to anything. People who have been crushed by the reality of the world we live in. We are poor. We have a hard time making things go in this world financially, especially when you're honest. We are crippled by the sin, our own sin and the sin of the world around us. We are lame, limping around, being beaten up time after time after time by all of the things, the consequences of sins that have attacked us. We are blind. We cannot see any hope, any future. My friends, when we admit who we really are, Christ's invitation sounds pretty good. When we admit who we really are, when we humble ourselves, it's amazing how hungry you become for the things of God. And you know what? When we admit who we really are, Jesus loves us. He invites us to the banquet meal. He gives us, not the leftovers, He gives us the very best. He invites us to His supper, to His feast. He invites us. And the meal transforms us. We come in naked. We leave robed in Christ's righteousness. We come in weak. And we leave strong, strong in the word and promises of the Lord. We come in poor and we leave rich in the forgiveness of sins earned by the bloody death of Jesus Christ. We come in sick. Soul sick. And we leave healthy, renewed, forgiven, restored. We come in blind. And we leave with our eyes wide open. Seeing Jesus. The light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. My friends. I've had several people tell me. Over the last several weeks, I will never, ever, ever take going to church for granted again. Pretty easy to get lazy and complacent and take for granted the gifts of God. Today, Jesus gives an amazing invitation. Jesus says, come. It's not a new law. It's a gracious gospel invitation. Come. Everything is ready. My life, my death, my salvation, my forgiveness, my gifts. Everything is ready. Come. 
He doesn't come like, like some people teach, where he's on the top of a ladder and we need to climb the rung to get up to him. No, Jesus took on flesh and blood and came to us where we are, in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our worry, in the midst of our sin. Jesus comes to us. The banquet meal is ready. The great supper has been prepared. Come. Come as you are. Come with your sin, your guilt, and your past. Come. Come with your pain and your sorrow, your worry. And especially during this time, hopefully the end days of this pandemic, come with your fear, real or imagined. Come to the banquet. Come with your sins, your weaknesses, your problems of every kind. Come to the only one that can offer true healing, the forgiveness of sins, and life everlasting. The banquet is ready. Christ has seen to that. The Holy Spirit invites you. The Holy Spirit compels you. Come. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our worries and fears in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are...